Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 115 is entitled An Analysis of President Joe Biden's Inaugural Address, Part 2. This is a continuation of the previous podcast, which was entitled An Analysis of President Joe Biden's Inaugural Address, Part 1. If you have not listened to Part 1, let me recommend that you do so now before listening to Part 2. When Mr. Biden said, We can deliver racial justice. He meant we can continue to condemn those who disagree with our policies and exonerate anyone who agrees with our ideology. We need to understand that the left means to take away the rights of one group and grant special privileges to another. While building one class, they have generated hatred for another, meaning the white middle class. They mean to defund the police and create chaos and disorder in our cities, towns, and streets. California actually made it lucrative to steal by reducing all thefts under $1,000 as a misdemeanor, making it impractical for police to arrest looters. Some looters carried calculators with them as they emptied stores of their inventory. Of course, on the way out, collectively, they destroyed hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. They weren't held accountable for their destruction, only for items that exceeded $1,000. When Mr. Biden, the spokesman for the liberal left, says, We will press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and possibility. Much to repair, much to restore, much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. We need to understand that he means to tear down our democratic republic and replace it with socialism. When Mr. Biden says, And each of us has a duty and responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and to defeat lies. He means to create an Orwellian ministry of truth in which only one truth, their truth, is permitted. Of course, he doesn't call it the ministry of truth. He calls it disinformation governance board to combat misinformation. It really means to promote the propaganda of the left and suppress the views of the right. Look at Twitter's former ban on conservatives. Look at the major news networks, how they have suppressed and distorted the news. Mr. Biden continues. And yes, the truth. Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. You can be certain that the Disinformation Governance Board to Combat Misinformation will come down hard on news sources such as Fox News and validate sources such as MSNBC or CNN or the other networks who are propagandists for the left. When he said, A climate in crisis, a cry for survival comes from the planet itself, a cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. He meant shutting down oil pipelines, regulating the oil industry out of business, stopping natural gas and all other fossil fuels. He meant spending trillions of dollars on the new green energy deal where every American will have to purchase an expensive electric car, where gas prices will rise higher than ever in history, where food prices escalate, where two-thirds of America are required to live very lean lives existing from paycheck to paycheck, where inflation is at an all-time high where shelves are empty in the stores, 
and where even baby food must be rationed. When Mr. Biden said, I will defend the Constitution. He meant he will defend his version of the Constitution, which excludes freedom of speech, freedom of the press, states' rights, and the freedom to bear arms. When he said, I will give my all in your service, thinking not of power, but of possibilities, not of personal interest, but of the public good. He meant the democratic socialist version of the public good, not the democratic republic's version of the public good. The public good is what the democratic socialists say it is. In the brave new world of the left, they flatter us with their words and murder us by their actions. When Mr. Biden said, We look ahead in our uniquely American way, restless, bold, optimistic, and set our sights on the nation we know we can be and we must be. He meant the nation recreated by the left. He meant redistribution of wealth. He meant socialized medicine, or as Mr. Biden said, health care secure for all. He meant open borders. He meant not requiring voter ID. He meant a new world order with a one world government. He meant socialism run by a one party system. That is what he meant when he said, But the American story depends not on any of us, not on some of us, but on all of us, on we the people who seek a more perfect union. A more perfect union, to Mr. Biden, is a true socialist state. When Mr. Biden said, I ask every American to join me in this cause, uniting to fight the common foes we face. Though he said those common foes we face were anger, resentment, hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness, hopelessness, all of which he and the party of the left increased through their fiery rhetoric, irresponsible policies, and unconstitutional mandates. He actually meant what he said earlier, the white supremacist. And now a rise in political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. The number one enemy in the United States for the political left is white people, who are all accused of systemic racism. Critical race theory is taught in our schools from kindergarten on through our college and universities. As Mr. Biden said, We can deliver racial justice. To deliver racial justice means oppression of the whites. To the left, the whites are responsible for all racism and therefore are not to be considered a race, but a disease that must be cured. Even the Salvation Army jumped on the critical race theory bandwagon until it proved financially imprudent. It is clear what Mr. Biden meant by the following. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we are all created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, and demonization have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial. In other words, racism will always exist. Therefore, democratic socialists need to stay in power and champion the cause of all minorities. If the end of racism were the true goal, it would have been conquered by now. Power is the true goal. And for the left to remain in power, America must believe that the battle against the harsh, ugly reality of racism, nativism, fear, and demonization is perennial and can never be won. When Mr. Biden said, through the Civil War, the Great Depression, World War, 
9-11 through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. He is referring to the left as our better angels, Mr. Biden said. And I pledge this to you. I will be a president for all Americans. But we know by his words, his actions, and his every demeanor that he is only the president for those minorities who agree with his policies. In Mr. Biden's eyes, if you are white, you are a systemic racist. If you are a conservative, regardless of race, color, gender, or religion, you are an enemy of the people. How can you call for unity while you are creating division? How can you say that you will be a president for all Americans when you claim that there is a rise in political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism? How can you trust a person's judgment who said that a few insignificant ragamuffins trespassing on government property caused the crucible for the ages? How the actions of a handful of rioters tested America, but America rose to the challenge? How can a flurry of a few shake this capital's very foundation? What would General Washington of Valley Forge say to such hyperbole and silly rhetoric? Can you imagine Washington turning his back on the real enemy and sending his troops to swat a fly? We are fighting dragons. Our leaders are slapping at gnats. But of course, it is agenda, not truth they seek. Their agenda is to convince America that all whites are supremacist terrorists, and whites alone pose the real threat to democracy. They are promoting the same kind of racism against the whites that the KKK of past decades promoted against the blacks. Racism has not changed tactics. It has merely changed color. It was evil then, and it is evil now. Power is the motive. Racism is necessary for the survival of the present Democratic Party. Otherwise, who will they champion? What would be their purpose for being? They cannot afford to allow racism to die. Racism is about power, never about the victim. Racism never fits the facts. That is why a powerful propaganda machine is necessary. It was used to justify slavery. It was used in the South to justify segregation. It was used by Hitler to justify concentration camps. And it is being used today by the left to win the votes of minorities, who, united, make a majority. Nothing changes but the classification of the victim, because power, perpetual power, not justice, is the goal. To stop racism, one must pull down the power that promotes it. Unlike totalitarian states, our democratic republic has the power of free elections. That is how we stop racism. We elect those who uphold the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the balance of power, the laws of the land. How can our government survive when our highest leaders fight windmills yet ignore the real dangers on our borders, the riots in our streets, the rise of crime? the breakdown of law and order, the shortages in the food chain, the rapid rise of fuel prices, the extreme inflation that is bankrupting all average Americans, the $30 trillion debt, the disruption of the balance of power, the attack on our Constitution and Bill of Rights, the attack on voter confidence, the transfer to a welfare state, the rise of socialism and a new world order, the unconstitutional use of government agencies to advance personal political power, the collusions in high places to hide crimes of treason. Mr. Biden was right when he said, And we must reject a culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. But he must begin with his own overheated rhetoric. 
If he will only heed his own advice, America would begin to heal. Therefore, I shall end this podcast with his own words, praying that he will heed them as well as the rest of us. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. We can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. For without unity there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. No progress, no exhausting outrage, no nation, only a state of chaos. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge, and unity is the path forward. And we must meet this moment as the United States of America. If we do that, I guarantee you we will not fail. We have never, ever, ever failed in America when we have acted together. And so today, at this time and in this place, let us start afresh. All of us. Let us listen to one another, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. Politics need not be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.